Hi, this is Mark Eltringham with the Workplace Insight podcast. Today, I'm talking to Peter Luffler, who is Head of Innovation at Siemens Smart Infrastructure. We'll be talking about digital twin technology. Um, I won't try to explain what that is, partly because I'm not qualified to do so, but also because it's the subject of today's podcast. Peter will be talking about the characteristics of digital twins, their benefits, applications, and also about how they might apply in a rapidly changing world, something that is both topical and a bit of a change from the usual talk about coronavirus and the office. So please enjoy. My name is Mark Eltringham, and this is the Workplace Insight Podcast. Peter, thanks very much for joining us today. Um, I wonder, um, can we start at the very beginning? Because I... Uh, Speaking as a layperson on these subjects, I'm not really sure what a digital twin is. So could you explain briefly for me and for everybody else uh, what you mean by the term? Well, Mark, a digital twin is, according to the uh, usual definition, a virtual or a digital replication of a physical asset. Now, that sounds a little bit abstract, and it is abstract. But think of, for example, a car. You can create a virtual car, and usually this is really done before new cars are built. And using this virtual car, which is existing in a computer, you can already do a lot of things that in the past you only could do if you had a physical car. Crash tests, for example, or tests for how do cars behave in terms of noise or in terms of of driving and those kind of things. So with a digital twin, on the one hand, you describe the object, In case of buildings, you describe buildings. And you take the data that is generated by the object and put it into relation with the model. So in the digital twin, you have a description of the object and you have the uh, set of data that is generated by the object. And this you can use for then computerized activities. How how exactly does that work in in the, the case of buildings? In case of buildings, let's say the trick is to really create a good description. Now, today we have tools like, for example, building information modeling or processes with the the tools we have. Uh, And many people also say for construction industry, BIM is a digital twin. Well, this is only partially true. In BIM, you usually describe the object itself. So you describe the building. How does it look like? How does the facade look like? How is the core and shell? Uh, What kind of material was used to construct? This building information model doesn't contain any operational data. Uh, That's the one thing that doesn't make it a full digital twin. And the other thing today is that due to the fact that the construction industry is highly diversified, everyone uses those BIM models in a little bit different flavor, which at the end means They are not what we call machine-readable. The BIM model today is mainly created for humans. So architects create something and send it it to a planner, and the planner is a human and uses the model and adapts it and and, and enhances it. And so this uh, then it goes to the construction people. Uh, But we're always talking about a chain of people. Now, if you really want to do later simulations or optimization or any other kind of technical operation on such a digital twin, 
the user of the digital twin is not a human. The user of this digital twin is not a computer. So the information in this model has to be what I call machine readable. It has to be understandable for another machine. And this is where today we struggle a lot because in the construction industry, we are not used to be very precise in terms of uh, using models, for example. So yeah. the model looks very nice if I look at it, a 3D model, but to really transform it into a digital twin description for the building is still a substantial effort. And this will change over time, it will improve. Uh, the more planners, for example, use simulation models, the higher is the need for machine-readable data. So I would assume that in the next couple of years, issue uh, benefits. But for the time being, it's still an issue, so there's a lot of, of manual work still to do to transform building information, modeling information like a Revit file or like a MicroStation file, uh, then turn that into a, a digital twin model. Okay. And how do you ensure that the information in the model is correct? And in fact, the, the, the modeling itself, how do, you, how, do you, how do you make sure that's um, as it should be? That's a very good question. The first thing is, of course, that the information in the in the basic source, so in the BIM file, has to be correct. If there are errors in the, let's say, uh, microstation file, then uh, you also have those errors in the digital twin. That's for sure. So basic data has to be good. Then you need a kind of quality control. So it's important to have a good data model. This is also a little bit depending on what do you want to do at the end of the day with this digital twin. Because if you go back to the question, what is a digital twin? Any digital twin has a certain purpose. You want to do something with it. And so the, this twin is optimized for this kind of doing. I take another example. If you create a digital twin for a steam turbine, for example, to optimize the layout of the blades, then the structure of the digital twin, the data that you need for it, has a certain model behind it. And for a building, it's comparable. Uh, if you create a digital twin uh, for optimizing energy, for only optimizing energy consumption, then you don't need as many data as you also want to do later on that model navigation or evacuation simulation. So the first or the most important thing is to know what at the end of the day, do I want to improve uh, or create with such a digital twin approach? Okay, so you you can tailor it to address certain objectives and that you have with a with a building. Is that is that Correct. how you see it? Okay, Correct. excellent. Okay, so I wasn't sure. With BIM, obviously, it's supposed to be immersive, all the information related to the building. Whereas digital twin, you're saying you can actually say, okay, well, if it's if we're just going to look at wayfinding, for example, and that is is what we focus on with the twin. Correct, would be one possibility. I mean, if you start those digital twin adventure, of course it makes sense to uh, beforehand know what kind of problems they want to solve with it. Um, and usually in a building, it's a very wide span of goals you have. Huh? Uh, you want, of course, to later in the operations, uh, improve energy consumptions, you want to improve uh, space usage, you want to improve uh, CO2 footprint, you want to improve uh, safety and security, uh, you want to improve uh, your environment in terms of, of ambient noise, ambient light, temperature, humidity, whatever. So we found out that if you want to create a digital twin for buildings, 
that you need a very broad model because there are so many stakeholders who want to do something with it. And does it update? Like if you have a refit of the building or, or, or something like that, will, will you update the twin? So, man, this is one of the important things. The twin always should reflect the as-is state. Huh? Um, that's already very interesting during um, designing, planning, construction. Huh? Um, so you would be surprised in how many cases we found that the as-built status is quite different from the as-planned status. And the uh, latest of the year, uh, the as-is is different as the as-built. But the good thing with a digital twin is, if you reuse digital twin as your, and this is a term I like very much, as your single source of truth, that you say in future that nearly all my information I retrieve for the building comes out of the digital twin. The good news is that you only have to change uh, or that you only have to do your changes in one system. Um, today, if you operate a building, you use a whole variety of IT-based systems uh, for uh, improving facility management, for running the HVAC controls, for running the fire safety, for running your security systems. So today, those are all disparate systems, and they all have some kind of information about the building. The video systems knows where the cameras are. The access control system knows where the uh, where your access controllers are and where your doors are. Uh, the fire system knows which fire detectors are in which floor, in which room, and so on and so on and so on. So if you do changes to your building, you have to change all those disparate systems. Our approach and our goal is that you only change this information once in the digital twin. And this information is then reused by every operational system that has access to the twin. And this is one of the huge, huge benefits of digital twin. Because my, my next question was going to be about the benefits, but I think you might have covered all of those. Is there, are there any other benefits that you haven't mentioned so far that you'd like to raise? Well, another benefit is that you make data, let's say, widely available. You see that I'm mainly talking about the operational phase. Huh? So for us, the digital twin in the planning and construction is not that important as for the construction company itself. Uh, so for the planners and the construction guys, uh, for them, BIM is very important in terms of finding clashes, for example. Uh, clash detection is a very important thing. Doing simulations uh, on, on the whole cell and core of a building itself. For us, it starts with the design of and the planning of the technical systems. I mean, we are a technical systems provider in buildings and simulating those systems. But the very important thing is the operation of those systems. Always keep in mind 80% of the cost of a building is created during operation. So the construction itself is roughly 20% of the overall life cycle cost. Okay. And uh, that's why we are focusing mainly on this operational part. And here the uh, one very important topic is that today operational data is usually buried in the respective uh, control systems. So if you have an HVAC control system, it has its own data, and this data is often not very stored for a long time. And so if you want to know how did my HVAC system operate a year ago, because we had a totally different weather, usually this data is no longer available. And if it's available, then it's in a format uh, which is very vendor specific. And also here, the 
digital twin brings together the data from all the different disciplines and also stores that data over a long period of time. And this is another important step forward in the construction industry that uh, we get data sets that we also can use then to do uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence, okay. which wasn't really possible until now. So make a building, let's say, more self-adaptive to changes in the environment, for example, or to changes in usage. And the other thing is that you also can create that interfaces where third parties can access building data to create old apps. Of course, if I talk of third parties, I mean the owner, for example. Uh, and the whole building twin thing is, of course, something uh, which is IT-based. So you have to be prepared to put everything in place, which today is good practice in cybersecurity, for example. Okay. And, and does it link up to other building systems and sensors and so on? Does Is that how you would generate the information? So correct. There's kind of... Usually today, if you do a system like that, you put a kind of adapter into the building that locally gathers data and then brings that data into a model and stores it. And usually digital twin data today is stored in a cloud-based system because you generate a lot of data. And if you want to store this data over a long period of time, then you usually use cloud-based uh, applications. I mean, this is today the state of the art. Okay. Um, one particular question I had was, does it allow for random variables? And I'm thinking perhaps particularly about unexpected events or um, unpredictable behaviors of individuals. Is that something that it allows for? This is one of the core to detect things that shouldn't be like they are. Huh? And here all the, the topic of machine learning and artificial intelligence comes into play. And you have two possibilities. The one is a rule-based system. Huh? So you create rules to detect anomalies, or if you have enough data, and in the future we will have enough data, so that you can train the system and say, okay, here we have 50 buildings that uh, behaved for the last two years as they should behave. Huh? So you can train uh, an artificial intelligence algorithm, and then it will detect if the building suddenly behaves differently, but uh, then raise an alarm or something, or as I said, you go the rule-based approach in a certain area there shouldn't be more than i don't know a hundred people and if then you have sensors who are able to count for example then of course you can raise action if uh, that changes but that brings me to another important topic what you can do with data of a digital twin is not only depending on the digital twin itself and on the connectivity of a building it's also of course depending what kind of sensors, actuators you have in the building. Huh? Okay. So one very simple example. If you don't have sensors that can deal with the usage, so with occupancy, you can't do any occupancy stuff. For example, if you want to count people in a certain area and you don't have an access control system or you don't have a counter at the door or uh, a comparable technology, then you simply can't count, then you don't get any numbers and figures. So this is also important already then during the phase to plan the necessary hardware, the necessary sensors that you want to know. Of course, you have a lot of sensors available, 
today in a normal system you have humidity sensors, temperature sensors, pressure sensors, you have all the actuators you need evolves uh, everything around your primaries like the, the boilers, the HVAC systems and so on. But the more you go into uh, let's say newer applications like occupancy efficiency or navigation then you need additional uh, hardware in the building. Okay and uh, my final question um, is um, something that you've raised in an article you've written for is about new revenue models because you're, I think you're, you're suggesting that actually there are wider benefits to the organization than merely um, designing and managing space better. Is that correct? Yeah, well, this is correct. I mean, uh, today in the construction industry, uh, in operations, the main models are still based on labor and uh, and time and they are based on usually license fees if you talk about software. If you look to other areas, uh, you have more performance oriented activities. Well, so uh, what we already do in, in uh, energy optimization that we have performance based contracts. If we reach a certain saving for example and this is of course something you can think about if you have more data available. You don't need necessarily a digital twin for that, but digital twin makes it easier because you have more data. Because if you want to go to performance-based uh, contracts, you have to be able for both sides to prove that it's true what you did or that uh, you reached a certain goal, uh, a certain threshold. And then if we talk about data and we talk about IT systems, then of course you also have all those models available if someone wants to subscribe for getting data. That then would be a typical subscription model. Pay a certain uh, fee per year uh, or something. So the more we digitalize the whole process, the more the business models also converge to the business models we know from the other IT-based industries. Peter, that's been wonderful. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Well, I would like to come back to the early beginning. Um, my wish for the construction industry, dear architect, dear planner, so whenever you work on uh, a building model, keep in mind that there will be a time when this building model also has to be interpreted by a, another computer. So please use the possibilities those systems have today to use the right attributes, uh, to always use the attributes in the right way. And in the same way, in one model, that makes it a whole lot easier later for those people who want to use the data. And in other areas than the architectural design or the planning design, so for example, in operations. So this is my big wish that uh, in the construction industry, we start better working together so that we don't lose that much information from one step to another. The construction industry is an old industry. Man, we built buildings since uh, thousands of years. So more or less everyone knows what to do. And that's why construction sites work, by the way. The problem is now the buildings become more and more complex. And you see that the more complex a building gets, the more difficult it is to build it and to calculate it. So I don't want to talk about Berlin Airport, but that's a nice example or a bad example. But and, uh, and so we really need, on the one hand, new methods to do the, the design, planning, and construction phase itself. And 
Then later, we have more and more dependencies in buildings. We put more and more technology in such a building. We put more and more uh, hard and software in such a building. And on the same, to adapt more and more to the environment. So you need much more data in future to reach all those goals. And unfortunately, in the very beginning, we are very, very, we don't care that much about data. And because actually, if there is a masoner on the construction set, he doesn't care whether in the plan, the wall he sees is really on the floor or it's hanging down from the ceiling. Okay. That's for him, the same picture. If you print it, it's the same picture. But technically, it's a big difference. And this is what we, for example, found out when uh, we uh, took 3D models and made a 2D floor plan out of it for, uh, for example, an access control system to show a 2D floor plan in the background, suddenly walls were missing. Yeah, and we found out that this wall was not part of the fourth floor in that case, but it was hanging down from the fifth. And in the today BIM model, you even don't see that error. Huh? Okay. But the machine sees it, huh? and it behaves differently. Also, if you would now do a simulation, then the simulation would say, okay, this is a big room, there's no wall. And, and those are the nitty-gritty things. This is only one example, and I probably would have dozens. So being accurate is one important thing. And then, as I said, also reusing the system as it was planned. For example, define in the beginning what layers do I use? How do I name the layers where I put data in? And then really, if you have a building with 100 uh, floors, huh? and you have, say, and you say, I have one layer uh, where I do the electrical wiring, then huh? please call the layer electrical wiring in every of those 100 floors. And don't name it elec wire in the fifth floor or something. You know, today, this is not very important. Huh? But in the future, it's important. And this is something where probably I'm a little bit different than Steiner uh, because I'm an IT guy, so I'm a computer scientist and not a civil engineer. And uh, so creating models, uh, describing schemas, this, this is something that I was more or less born with. And uh, here we have to bring the different worlds together. And this is the, the real difficult thing. The IT guys don't know very much about construction. The construction guys don't, very, don't know very much about the needs of IT and so on. And bringing those two worlds together, by and we have to because the construction industry will digitalize or has to digitalize. Construction industry is the industry that has the, the least improvements uh, in the last 30 years in terms of productivity. Uh, the McKinsey report, it's two or three years old, and uh, I said, which are the 30 most important industries? And only gaming and fishing, I think, is how uh, the game and fish is even worse than construction industry. And those improvements largely came by digitalization, be that in manufacturing, of course, I always like to use this example, or be that even in agriculture, huh? where you have now uh, GPS controlled harvesters. Stuff like that, and as I said, construction industry is is uh, at the very end of this uh, productivity improvement list. 
And that's the reason why this whole building information modeling is mainly driven in the moment by authorities. Because they want the construction industry to become more productive. That raises the GDP. Uh, but uh, as you can see, I could talk hours about that. <laughs> oh, I know. It's like most of these things, isn't it? Well, there's always a new road to go down, isn't there? So yeah. in the conversations. I'm kind of. I obviously don't don't have your expertise, but on other things I do, and um, you know, and I I get told off by people for when they ask me a question is I can never give them an answer because it's always comes down to it depends. You know, it's always you can say this is this is this is likely to be the answer, but then again, there's this 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 and this. Yeah. And, uh, but that's just the way it is, isn't it? So. And the more complex. The problem gets that you want to solve, the more dependencies you have. I mean, that's a basic rule. Huh? And uh, the construction industry is a very complex industry because we have so many people working on a uh, construction site and you have so many stakeholders. So it will take time to align that. So I'm no longer the youngest guy in the world. So the, the real digitalization of construction industry, maybe I will see when I'm retired for quite some time. Huh? So I'm not expecting that to change in the next three or five years. It will be a very gradual change, better every year, uh, but it's not that you snip your fingers and you have a disruptive change. This will, this will not happen. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs>